Welcome back to just yet another episode of the Rust Belt Report. It is your host, Ryan Cawhill here, otherwise known as Ryan C. Uh, thank you guys so much for pressing play on this episode because we have a lot to talk about. Um, and some of it is not going to be happy conversations. Um, let's just hop right into it. I do not have a co-host for this week. This week has been super hectic. It was my birthday on Wednesday. Uh, the Bills beat the Chiefs, which just threw off my entire week for good reasons, for good reasons. Um, I just didn't end up going to bed till 6 a.m. that next morning. So let's hop right into this, um, especially because I'm getting this episode out to you late, guys. I do apologize for that. Let's talk, though, about the Bills beating the Chiefs. Um, for so long, the Buffalo Bills – um, did not, you know, they faced Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots for decades. Um, more losses than wins, a couple surprising wins, a couple surprising moments, but just year after year, it's let down after let down. Then Tom Brady moves on, the Patriots dynasty begins to fall to pieces, and we think, hey man. We have Brandon Bean as our GM. We have Sean McDermott as our coach. We have Josh Allen. We have all these players that are drafted and brought in or you're traded for. Is this our time? And then the Chiefs come in with Patrick Mahomes, and they win a Super Bowl. Then they run it back the next year to go back to the Super Bowl, but lose to the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But still, they made it to the Super Bowl. They beat us out of the AFC Championship by us. I mean the Buffalo Bills. So what, as a fan, is your feeling about that? You're feeling anxious. Oh, man, this is yet another team where we have not beat them. We have not beat them. We have not beat them. Well, turns out on Sunday Night Football, we beat them. Uh, the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs by putting up over 30 points on them. Now, granted, it wasn't a big win. Look back at all the Chiefs' wins against the Bills since Patrick Mahomes, well, really since Josh Allen came in and took over as quarterback for the Bills. That is kind of the Bills' era that we're in. And the Bills have only really lost by somewhere between 15 to 20 points, so not that much. You're down by a score, possibly two. Um, we did the same thing. The Bills did the same thing against the Chiefs. They beat them by two scores. Um, they led for the majority of the game, and they made it look ugly. The Chiefs didn't play that bad, but the Bills made it look uglier than it actually is. That said, the Chiefs do have the worst defense in the NFL currently. Um, their secondary is not fantastic either. It is not good. Patrick Mahomes no longer has, and I'm not about to say that he's being exposed as a fraud because he certainly isn't. He's one of the greatest, most talented quarterbacks to ever flawlessly play the game of football, let alone the position of quarterback in the NFL. But he does not have a defense that's going to bail him out of potentially bad or negative uh, downward situations. So he has to, and, and you saw that when the Chiefs played the Philadelphia Eagles the week before, you saw that Philadelphia almost beat Kansas City 
um, if it were not for Patrick Mahomes and the offense. Um, Buffalo is just a team that after last season was built to go out and beat a team like Kansas City, the team standing in the way, um, just like we were originally tooling to beat, uh, not Tampa Bay, but but beat the Patriots uh, when Tom Brady was still there, and then, of course, he left. So the Bills beating the Chiefs, um, I guess it was a bit of a surprise, but I think that's more the anxiety talking, being anxious about it. It was an exciting win because it means that you have beat you just beat the team that beat you out of the AFC championship to go to the Super Bowl. Um, now, a lot of uh, a lot of people are saying a lot of Bills fans, you know, shout out to Bills Mafia, are saying that they are the king of the AFC uh, right now. I don't necessarily agree with that. Obviously, they did beat the team to beat, but I think the Chargers are neck and neck. Um, if not, actually, as a Bills fan, as part of Bills Mafia myself. Um, I would say that the Chargers are a little bit ahead of the Bills in terms of being the best team in the AFC right now. Um, of the 16 teams in the AFC, uh, 50%, that's it, 50% of those 16 teams, so eight of them have a winning record. Uh, the LA Chargers, Baltimore Ravens, who we will be talking about here in a couple of minutes, um, and the Buffalo Bills, all have a four and one record at being the three best, everybody else three and two. That is on this eight list of 50% of the AFC. So do not think that the Bills are just untouchable in there. We definitely still have to fight for it. The Bills still have to fight for it. Uh, so it's going to be a good long season. But yes, the Bills did beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Um, the Chiefs have some retooling to do. I would expect them to not stay. Um, Silence. I would expect them to turn around and potentially make some trades or um, free agent signings on the defensive side of the ball. They really have to work on that. That's where the, the bulk of the work this season has to come in if they want to stay a competitive team in the NFL, let alone just the AFC. But speaking of the Ravens, the Colts, the Colts of all teams. And listen, if you guys know me, Colts are like my second team. I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan, huge Adam Vinatieri fan, um, huge Jacob Eason fan. Uh, and there's a couple other guys that I really like that are in Indianapolis, DeForest Buckner uh, being one of them as well. They're just, they have such a good team. Obviously, Frank Reich, the Bills connection, being the former Buffalo Bills uh, backup quarterback. But the Colts, who have not been doing too well this year because of their quarterback issues, exposed the Ravens in prime time recently. Uh, the Colts were about to beat the Ravens. Obviously, if you know, the Colts have not had a season, uh, the same season that they had last year. Last year, they were playing Buffalo in the, in the playoffs, in the wild card, but in the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills beat them. Philip Rivers retires. T.Y. Hilton gets injured again. They lose some key pieces, but they add a lot of good pieces as well. Um, they still somehow managed to expose the Baltimore Ravens, led by former NFL MVP Lamar Jackson. Um, I really don't know what to say to this other than I think the focus here really has to be on the Ravens. I'm not saying that there's nothing exciting to talk about when it comes to the Colts. I just think that the Colts issue is they, well, first off, 
a half an issue would be that they need to establish Michael Pittman as wide receiver one. Move on from T.Y. Hilton. We're going to be talking about another player uh, in the NFL, this one specifically in the NFC, who is injury prone or seemingly injury prone. But T.Y. Hilton is older. He's been injury prone the last couple of years. He hasn't been that productive on the field when he's even on the field. Move on from him. Open up a roster spot for somebody else. Focus on the fact that you have Michael Pittman as your potential wide receiver one. Focus on the fact that you then have Zach Pascal as your wide receiver two. And so on and so forth down the list. Because they are deep at wide receiver, let alone running back. All right? The Colts are an absolutely stacked team offensively, defensively, and especially on special teams. Um, but that's not the conversation here because other than that, you just need a, a consistency at quarterback. And I don't think Carson Wentz is all that much to talk about. Um, you know, he's not all that in a bag of chips, I guess you could say, but um, consistency at quarterback is certainly getting you a better result than him breaking both of their, like snapping both of his ankles and then turning around and not putting in Jacob Eason um, or Sam Ellinger and putting in Brett Hundley. Like that's, why would you do that? But that's a conversation for another day. The focus here really has to be on Baltimore and the fact that they were kind of exposed. And we've been waiting for somebody to do it. Buffalo exposed them um, in the playoffs. And we thought, hey, that was it, right? They got exposed the year before in the playoffs. They then got exposed again. Nobody really paid attention. They're like, oh, it's just a fluke game, fluke game. But now you almost lost to the Colts. Granted, they turn around and they won, but you almost lost to the Indianapolis Colts in the state that they're currently in. What kind of – and listen, I get it. You can win out any other – you know, every week you can win. Any team can win. Um, but the Colts, how far or what, what they've been doing this season, you should be able to walk in there and beat the brakes off of them and walk out like you just stole their lunch money. And in fact, the Colts did that to you for the majority of the game. What kind of message is that? What message does that send to your fan base? What message does that send to your owners? What message is that sending to the players, to the coaches, especially to the GM? When your wide receiver one is Sammy Watkins, who, again, as, as a Bills fan, Bills drafted Sammy. He's, we are the reason he's in the league. We already could tell you that there were going to be issues there. This is like, what, the second time he's been injured so far this season? The Ravens are not that team. They are not that team. Now, I think they do beat out Kansas City, and this is saying something. I think they beat out the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, heading into the playoffs, I think they beat them out. I don't think that after after almost losing to Philadelphia and then uh, getting the brakes beat off of you by the Buffalo Bills, I don't think Kansas City makes the playoffs. You can quote me on that. You can take that to the bank. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I will admit it. But 
I, I, I don't think that you do that. I don't think that you make the playoffs at, th- at two and three. Heading into week six. After almost losing to Philadelphia, definitely getting beat by the Bills, especially when there's so many good teams on the up and up in the AFC. Speaking of teams on the up and up, the Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals in a couple of years ago added Cliff Kingsbury. They drafted Kyler Murray after moving on from Josh Rosen. They added DeAndre Hopkins to their receiving core. They added TJ Watt in the offseason. And they have now traded with the Philadelphia Eagles for legendary tight end, franchise tight end, I might add, Zach Hurts. Yes, that is correct. On Friday, yesterday, uh, well, today, actually, because this podcast is being recorded and being released today, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles traded Zach Hurts to the Cardinals for cornerback Tay Gowan and a 2022 fifth round pick. So Tay Gowan, obviously not an integral part of the Arizona franchise. He was a movable piece and a 2022 fifth round pick. So that's this upcoming year. So it's an immediate pick and a cornerback who's probably going to be depth. although it is Philadelphia, so he may be a starter, for Zach Ertz, who is a staple in Philadelphia. Staple in the sports world, him and his wife, both professional athletes. His wife, a soccer player. Um, Arizona is not to be messed with. I mean, they were for real um, before getting... Zach Ertz, they are now more so for real after having gotten Zach Ertz. That said, a lot of the trade rumors had Zach Ertz going to Buffalo. Obviously, in the offseason, tight end was the number one concern. I know that Buffalo is the theme for tonight. Uh, This was purely intentional, but to give some context around it, Buffalo has uh, and and had a tight end consistency issue. We had a depth issue um, here in Buffalo and Zach Ertz, who many assumed it was his last season. He would never play a game in the green and black again, uh, would be gone. It was rumored that he would be traded here multiple times. Ironically enough, same with TJ Watt, also in the offseason. It was rumored that both of them would end up in Buffalo, the Ertz being more solid. Uh, But nothing ever happened. Now, here we are heading into week six of the NFL season. TJ Watt, obviously, already in Arizona. Um, Ertz, the Ertz trade coming out of, I mean, nowhere. Nobody had any word on this. Nobody thought anything of it. We thought, hey, it wasn't going to happen. He was in the team. We're heading into week six of the season. We're almost 50% of the way through, which is crazy. Um, We're a couple weeks shy of that now. And to see him traded to a team that is already really good is 
I don't want to say heartbreaking because I, you, you might assume that I'm saying that as a Bills fan because it's certainly not. We, we, we have our tight end, um, which if you want to hear talk about that, you can go over to the Built in Buffalo YouTube uh, tomorrow on October 16th, 2021, and listen to the next episode of the Ryan C. Show because I'm talking about that. That is Bills and Sabres-centric. Um, but listening to all the talk about Ertz this offseason and to see that he stayed on the team till week six and gets traded to Arizona. Arizona is going to be competing with uh, Tampa Bay. I'm not even going to say with Green Bay as well. But I'm going to say with Tampa Bay, potentially Green Bay, but definitely Tampa Bay. Um, for the NFC Championship, I'm, I'm going to say it. The Cardinals are, are definitely going to be uh, competing. And a lot of people have said that the Rams are going to be the representatives of the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't see it. I don't know where that's coming from. Don't listen to that. I mean, absolutely kind of you want, but I don't see it. We have to go into quarterback discussion now because there has been some ups and downs with that so far this season. Now, I'm not talking about uh, Carson Wentz and the Colts. I'm talking about two very specific players that are integral to the success of their franchise. That being Russell Wilson in Seattle and Tua Tagovailoa in Miami. Tua has been out since the earliest part of the season. However, the Dolphins have designated him to return. Um, I think the Dolphins, in fact, uh, I, I think nothing changes. I seriously still do not believe that Tua is the guy um, I think Jacoby Brissett, a team built around Jacoby Brissett, would be successful. However, you've already started on it, so you're going to need to abandon a team built around Jacoby Brissett. You're going to want to get a mobile guy heading into this offseason or possibly in the future. I think, I think in reality, and that's just me saying that, I think in reality they're going to stick with two and they're going to force it down everybody's throat. And the experiment is not going to work well. Two is going to be a backup quarterback, or when the XFL comes back around, he's going to be the Johnny Manziel of um, the XFL. He's going to leave the NFL and he's going to go play in a subpar league. And don't get me wrong, I liked what the XFL was doing, um, but it is obviously not the NFL. Tua is not a successful NFL franchise playoff winning quarterback. He's not. He's not going to get you there, and he's not going to win those games. But he's returning. I don't think that changes anything um, for what is happening with the Miami Dolphins right now. That said, Russell Wilson returning to Seattle uh, will be big news when it occurs, but that will not be until week 10 of the NFL season at the earliest. Russell Wilson uh, has been placed on injured reserve. 
due to a uh, hand issue, uh, a hand injury, and he has been placed on injured reserve. Now, you might be saying, well, Ryan, the injured reserve, you can come off of that after uh, three weeks. Yes, you can. Tua did it. Tua is doing it now after three weeks. However, with his injury, with the treatment and surgery, he will not be back for at least another five weeks. So that means Geno Smith, who is the backup quarterback, has to find a way to win at least three of those games to keep Seattle uh, competitive for the 2021-2022 NFL season. He has to find a way to win at least three of those games in order for Seattle to stay competitive. Can he do it? From what I remember of Geno Smith, he is consistent. I say with a odd look on my face. He is consistent, but he is mediocre, but he has been behind Russell Wilson for a few years now. I think we all kind of forgot that Geno Smith was in the league, but he has been behind him for a few years now. Is there potential for Geno Smith to take Seattle to three and two during his tenure as the temporary starting quarterback? Now, again, that's week 10. The earliest is, is when he can come back. Whether he comes back week 10 or not is totally up to him. It's up to the doctors. But week 10 at the earliest. Speaking of injuries, uh, we're getting into the final part of the podcast here. And so I want to thank you guys. Uh, I want to take this break to thank you guys so very much for listening to this episode of the Rust Belt Report. Again, I apologize for not having a co-host, but you can follow us on Twitter at BLDGSE. We'll be posting. That's when you'll, you'll see the tweets about when our episodes get posted. We also do not do our own news. We let our partners at um, Built in Buffalo do that for us. Um, do not let the name fool you. They do more than just uh, Buffalo content, especially when it is big, big content. Um, but again, you can follow LDG Sports and Entertainment on at the LDGSE, or you can just keep us bookmarked or saved in your phone or on your computer, uh, whatever device you're listening on, um, at anchor.fm backslash LDGSE. You will be able to find all of our episodes there um, at all the time. So let's get back into the speaking of injuries. I told you we were going to talk about an NFC player who is potentially injury prone. Uh, and that's what we're going to do right now. Christian Caffrey out again. 310 projected points this season. Number one running back for the Carolina Panthers. Supposed to be the guy who was supposed to turn Carolina around when he was drafted. Four years ago. He's 25 years old. And uh, I'm here using draftsharks.com. They have a really nice injury history and injury predictor. So let's go through this. Uh, he, obviously, running backs have some of the most um, chances 
the, the biggest chance or opportunity to be injured. Uh, they, their job is to run into other humans, uh, to run the ball into other humans. Uh, he's a medium risk. His chance of injury in 2021 is 78%, which is the percentage chance that you miss at least at minimum uh, two quarters of play. Um, his chance of injury per game is 8.57%. His injury history going back before the NFL is, is, is not much. He had, he sustained one injury in October of 2016 uh, in college uh, where he missed one game versus Notre Dame due to a hip pull. So he missed one game. It wasn't until 2020 when his big injury really occurred. So September of 2020, he suffered a right high ankle sprain in week two and missed six games. It was specifically a pedal ankle high sprain grade three. That's, that's specifically what his injury was. He missed six games. Upon his return in November of 2020, he, he suffered a shoulder AC joint sprain against the Kansas City Chiefs, where he missed an additional four games. Now he comes back. The next month in December, one month and one day since suffering his November 8th shoulder AC joint sprain against the Kansas City Chiefs, he then has a thigh glute strain in his week 14 game, and he missed another four games. So he missed the season. He essentially missed the season. The, the, those are three major injuries, which, hey, you know, shout out to him, to Christian McCaffrey, for having a high ankle sprain, grade three, returning and getting a AC joint sprain, a shoulder joint sprain, and then returning again and getting a thigh glute strain. Now, fast forward, he's had the offseason, he's rehabbed, he's looked healthier. People are excited that he's back in the Carolina lineup. They have a new quarterback in Sam Darnold, backup in P.J. Walker, former XFL star. On September 23rd, in the Panthers win over the Texans, he suffers a grade two thigh hamstring strain. Try saying that five times fast. Thigh hamstring strain. Um, is Christian McCaffrey injury prone? Well, the offensive line in Carolina was has not been great. That's potentially why his chance of injury is at a whopping 78% with an almost 10% chance of injury per game. Um, he is worth the risk, especially if you're looking at something like fantasy um, or when he's playing it, it, it gambling, sports betting. But to an NFL team 
is it worth the risk? I'd still say yes. However, you need to then invest in your RB2 and RB3 because there's a chance, if there's a 10% chance that he's going to be injured, if Christian McCaffrey is going to be injured, you need to invest into a deep, a deep running back room. Um, I would say, yes, Christian McCaffrey is injury prone. Three major injuries, um, I'd say medium to major injuries in one season where you then miss the, almost the entire season. And then a new injury in week two of the NFL season for 2021-2022. Um, man, it is not looking good for Christian McCaffrey. But speaking of injuries, we're going to close out on this. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the assumed NFC champions, trying to run it back. They pulled the Kansas City Chiefs. They have um, brought all their starters back. But their injuries specifically on their defense are mounting. And so we're potentially looking at a Kansas City problem down south. As great as Tom Brady is, as great as the offenses in Tampa Bay, I do not think that they are good enough to bail out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when their defensive injuries eventually catch up to them, especially when you're playing high-tempo teams like the Buffalo Bills. I know, I promise that's the last time that they're going to come up. But let's bring up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule for this year. All right. So you almost lose to the Cowboys in week one, 31 to 29 win. All right. Cowboys are a good team. You beat the Falcons. However, the Falcons almost beat you. You lose to the Rams. You beat the Patriots, but not by a lot. You absolutely squish the Dolphins, and you almost lose to the Eagles. You are then playing the Bears next, who have had uh, some mild success early on, but you're probably going to beat them. The Saints on Halloween are looking uh, like a, that might be a good matchup. I would not count Washington football team out of the picture. Yeah, you're going to beat the Giants. You're going to beat the Colts. You're going to beat the Falcons again. The Buffalo Bills, number one defense in the NFL. They have new pass rushers, people, that their whole job was to put pressure on a mobile quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. You think that Greg Russo and A.J. Epinesa and Boogie Basham and Jerry Hughes aren't going to do that to Tom Brady? You think that your defense is going to be able to stop Emmanuel Sanders and Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox and Josh Allen? Then you turn around after that, you play the Saints again, followed by the Panthers, who have since began to struggle. You play the Jets, which you're going to win, and you pay the, pay, play the Panthers again. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to make the playoffs? Yes, by all means, yes. But you're going to see a weakened team especially on the defensive side of the ball. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rust Belt Report. I am your host, Ryan. And uh, again, I, I want to thank you guys so much. So really quick, though, before you go, I know most of you are, your finger is hovering right above the button. Please just uh, either pay attention to anchor.fm backslash LDGSE. That's where all episodes of all of our shows are going to be posted, whether that's Big Bet Ballers, Rust Belt Report, The Rivalry, just go on and on down the list. All of our episodes are going to be there. And also follow our partner, uh, our partner in crime, you might say, in Built in Buffalo on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, especially when the Ryan C Show drops every Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at VLDGSE. You'll get all the tweets and updates on when shows release, as well as the link directly to them. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this is Ryan with the Rust Belt Report. I will see you again next week. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you.